What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Epic Dad Legacy Podcast. My name is Drew Camp, and my mission is to help you level up your game and become the husband, father, and man you are called to be. Hey, before we dive in, I want to give a huge thank you to all of you guys listening. We have seen a ton of growth lately, and it is all thanks to you. Uh, we don't run ads on the show, so the only way we are going to grow is through you by sharing the show, by leaving us a review, by letting another dad know about uh, an episode that you got some value from. So my only ask is that if you get any value from this episode, if there's one thing that you can take away and implement in your life to level up your game, please share the show with three other dads. Uh, we, we never know what anyone else is truly going through behind the scenes. And the simple act of you sharing this episode might be the thing that totally turns it around for another dad. So again, thank you so much for listening and for being here. And uh, the show does not work without you. Okay, so one quick announcement before we dive in. Uh, we just launched our version two of our all-natural pre-workout. Uh, Tedco Pre-V2 is the first ever all-natural pre-workout designed for high-performing dads. Look, I get it as good as anybody. Uh, you are busy. Your life is chaotic. You've got kids running around. You've got bills to pay. You've got practices to get to. You've got dinner to make. It seems like there is never enough time to prioritize your physical fitness. But I am telling you, and if you've listened to the show, you know that the more disciplined you are with your workout routine, the better your life will become. Those habits you create and the discipline you develop not only help you get in shape, but they improve every other area of your life. Your workplace, your business, your marriage, your engagement with your kids, it all starts with physical fitness. It truly is the gateway drug to personal excellence. So that is why we created Tedco Pre, and now we've released Tedco Pre version 2, which is the updated version. Uh, we designed it to help you get to the gym, to get a quick 20-minute workout in, especially when you don't want to, and then go back to being an incredible dad. Now, it's made with only seven natural ingredients, no artificial sweeteners, just the right amount of caffeine, and it also includes five grams of creatine. Uh, gram for gram, this is the best pre-workout in the industry, and if you have tried our version one pre-workout, version two is going to blow you away. We have made some awesome updates to our formulation. Uh, we have improved the taste about 100 times better. You guys are going to love it. <clears throat> so if you're looking to make physical fitness a top priority this year, I highly suggest that you check this out and give it a shot. So just hit the link in the description of this episode and go pick yours up today and start crushing it. Okay. Hey, with that out of the way, I am so excited to bring on today's conversation with Keith Yaki to you. So Keith has an incredible personal story, and he runs an incredible coaching business called The Married Game. When I found Keith online and saw that he helps guys uh, have more sex with their wives, uh, I thought, okay, I need to, di to dive in deeper here. And once I started learning more, uh, I thought I've got to have Keith on the show. Uh, when we first get married, things are fresh and new, right? We're still in that honeymoon phase. We're still flirting. We're still going out on dates. And that physical attractiveness is a big driver in our marriage. Uh, hence, we're probably having sex pretty often. But after a while, things start to change. Uh, as husbands, we get caught up in work and hobbies and other things, and then throw some kids on top of the mix. And man, we used to be having sex almost every single night. And now, you know, we can count on one hand how many times we've, we've uh, consummated our marriage in, in the past couple of months, right? So what the heck happened? Uh, it's not like we stopped liking sex, right? Uh, you know, we hint at it to our wives, but we get zero responses, shuts us down. 
Uh, doesn't she know that all of this hard work that we're doing is for the family? Uh, you know, don't we deserve to be getting some action in the bedroom? Well, odds are if you and your wife aren't exactly tearing it up under the sheets, uh, she's just not that attracted to you. So how do we become more attractive? Well, that is where we turn to Keith. Keith has helped hundreds of dads turn their relationships around, become the most attractive versions of themselves, and yes, as a result, have lots of more sex. So I highly suggest breaking out a notepad for this episode because it is chock full of useful nuggets that are going to help you reconnect emotionally with your wife, level up as a husband, up your married game, and yes, have more sex as a result. Okay, let's hop into this episode with Keith Yaki. Are you ready to become the dad you were meant to be? Good, because this is the Epic Dad Legacy Podcast, where imperfect actions are better than perfect ideas, promises kept are more important than promises made, and nothing happens unless you make it happen. My name is Drew, father of three, and founder of the Epic Dad Company. My mission is to help dads up their game and become the husbands, fathers, and men they're called to be. Thanks for listening. Now let's start the episode. Keith Yaki, coming from California. What is going on, my man? Hey, Drew. Pumped to be on the show, bro. Dude, I appreciate you being here, man. Um, so I, I wanted to, to reach out and have you on the show. One, I, I love your message, um, and I think it's one that, that guys need to hear, uh, husbands need to hear probably a lot more often than we do. Um, and, and I want to dive into your specific story and, and kind of how you made that transition, right? But I think that the, the message for guys is really, hey, how do we connect emotionally, sexually with our, our wives again, right? And, and I think that is an issue that a lot of guys face and don't want to talk about, right? It's kind of taboo, you know? So I, I want to, um, if you would, Keith, for guys that don't know you, would you give just a, a kind of quick, you know, 30-minute bio, or not 30 minutes, excuse me, 30-second bio. I mean, you take 30 minutes if you want, but 30-second bio on, on just kind of who you are, what you do, and then I want to start diving into to how you got in there. Yeah, you bet, man. So I'm the owner of MarriedGame.com, where I teach guys how to get their wives to want to have sex with them again. Tell and teach guys how to become <laughs> the most attractive version of themselves for themselves and to learn that, yes, there might be actions that are correct, but correct actions with the wrong attitude is not going to get you what you want. And so most dudes um, who are not experiencing the sex, whether it's the quantity of sex that they want in their marriage or the quality of sex that they want in their marriage, uh, end up talking to me and we end up getting them fixed within 90 days and end up having showing them how to have uh, a radically intimate and really connected marriage and they already know what to do they're just not doing it or they're they're not doing it to the degree that they could and so it's not like I invented some crazy blueprint it's just I, I I'm just sharing and showing with them hey the science behind attraction is this the punchline is your wife's not that attracted to you right now or else she would be leaning into you and being actually pulled yeah. into you. and once you fix that you can fix everything Dude, that is awesome, man. Is it, like I said, it's a message that is not talked about enough, I don't think. And it's, it's a message that a lot of guys will resonate that they are challenged with that they just don't want to talk about, right? It may be embarrassing, right? Of, Bro, hey, who do you talk about life, this? Right? <laughs> who, who do you talk about this with? The guys at work, they're like, eh, you're not getting laid. <laughs> like, and yet nobody's getting laid and everybody's thinking whatever. And then here I am. I've gotten laid more than most guys I know. I've had sex with hundreds of women. And yet the one woman I didn't want to, that I wanted, I couldn't keep. And I was like, okay, what the fuck is the problem here? <laughs> I realized what it was. It was, I understood short-term attraction really well. I didn't understand long-term attraction very well. And there's a big difference. 
And so, yes, I had sex with 200 of the most beautiful women on planet Earth. But the one I really wanted, she's like, after a couple of years, like basically go fuck yourself, bro. <laughs> All right. I got I got a problem and I'm going to fix this. And uh, praise God, <laughs> I fixed it. And the 250 dudes that have come through our entire program and have fixed their marriages are like, we're glad this crazy motherfucker stood up and started talking about this because he's right. It works. And now they went from marital hell and now they're living in marital bliss. And uh, I'm just so honored that I get to be the messenger to share what I know to be true and what's now become true in 250 other dudes lives. Yeah. Well, before we get to the marital bliss, take me through the, the 200, right? Number <laughs> that you just threw out there. What was life like before? And, and, you know, how did you come to this kind of transition, right? Of like, Hey, now that I'm, I'm married, right. I, I've got this woman that, that I'm in love with and I want to connect with intimately and it's just not right. So like, what, what did that journey look like? Well, I didn't want to get married again. I had already been divorced from my first wife. I had three other kids. And I was like, man, that was really hard on the kids. It was hard on us. I'm like, I'm not interested in signing up for that, that arrangement again. I was not interested. So therefore, I went hog wild and had sex with a bunch of women and was not looking to settle down. That was not something that was like on the agenda for Keith Yaki until I met Jesse. And the way I asked to be my girlfriend was like, uh, we were at a Monday night football game in Foxborough at the Peabody, or rather the Renaissance Hotel right there. We closed down the bar with John Grudem and Mike Tirico. We were there in the lobby about 2 a.m. I was drunk as shit. And I said, you know what? I wasn't looking for a girlfriend, but if I was to have one, I think she would look and act a lot like you. So do you want to be my girlfriend? Is that like, your pickup line? <laughs> that, that, was, that was my, uh, that was my, do you want to be my girlfriend line after I knew yeah. her? nine or 10 days, which was really, okay. was not my typical move. And I had a lot of uh, what we might call horses in the stable. And I was having a very fun time in my life, but I, I, there was something about this woman that was so special that I was like, dude, this is, this is what you've wanted. You're in, you've been plowing through girls looking for this one thing. And that is radical, deep connection with a, another soul that understood you, that you understood there was a deep level of attraction for both of us. And uh, five years into that relationship, she basically told me, hey, listen, you run your business, you come home and talk about your business and you fall asleep on the couch. That's not what now you and my, our two-year-old daughter at the time, now we're fast forward, you know what I mean? She's like, that's not what we signed up for. And in fact, we think that, or I think that our life would be better without you in it. So she left. And that's what, that was her leaving was what really like turned the light bulb on for me. And I was like, oh shit, I'm the problem. Yeah. Is this, is it so funny that like we can have blinders on, you know, as, as men and as, as husbands and, and fathers of like, we think we're doing the right thing, right? Like, Hey, I'm showing up to work. I'm, I'm working hard. I'm providing, I'm doing a lot of stuff that I'm supposed to do for the family, you know, like I'm, I'm doing this. And then all of a sudden you get hit with it, right? Like, like you just said, like, I think we'd be better off without you. And it's just like a Mack truck hits you. And you're like, I did not see this coming. Like, I, I feel like I felt like I'd been doing everything right. But obviously the problems with me, you know? Yeah. But, you know, that A, it's so true. I don't know why us men fall asleep so quickly. It's, it's really unfortunate because we do. But what I found in that moment of realizing that I was the problem, there was like this seed of hope that was like planted into my soul. And I was like, oh, shit, if I'm the problem, that means I'm the solution. 
And if I'm the solution, then this means it's on me. And every one of the guys that has come through our program, I, I, I've only talked to two of the wives and that was by accident. We never talked to the wives. I talked to the dude, I share and I teach the guy how to become the most attractive version of himself for himself. Because you know what I've seen, and maybe you've seen this too, Drew, you've seen, there's other people out there that are talking about this, not in the way I talk about it. It's why I think a lot of people like yourself will go, oh, okay, this guy's saying this in a different, interesting mm -hmm. way. And it's landing with dudes like us. And um, the bottom line is a lot of the actions guys are telling people to do out there ne aren't necessarily wrong, but they're done with the wrong attitude. So they're like, yeah, they're like, hey, do more around the house, you know, happy wife, happy life, buy her gifts, uh, you know, give her more, whatever, whatever. And yet what's happening is the guy's doing that to get something. He doesn't have the sex in his life. He wants to, he does this to try and get the sex. And yet she smells, oh shit, this is take her energy. He's just doing this to get something for me. Nobody likes take her energy. And so it's not that the actions are wrong. It's that the attitude around them is wrong and the right attitude that I've discovered. And once you put this in place, it really switches a lot of things is I'm not doing these things to get laid. I'm doing these things because this is what my standard of who I am as a human being. This is what a good dude does that when you tap into that energy, that's when shit really starts to yeah. turn. It's like setting, setting your intention, right? Like you're talking about, you're not doing it to get anything out of it. You're doing it because that's what, that's just who you are and what you do, right? Yeah. So it's like setting the intention and then having that self-identification of like, this is just who I am. This is my core. These are my values. So that's what I'm going to do. That's exactly right. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, okay. So, so wife leaves, they understand I'm, I'm, I'm the issue. Um, what happens next? I hire three coaches to try and try and get her back. Cause I realized I just pushed the greatest human being that I ever met out of my life. And I was like, Hmm. All right. You've been with a lot of women, Keith Yaki, and this one exceeds them all in everything about her. I like how she looks. I like how she smells. I like how she talks. I like most of the time I like, uh, I, uh, I, I like her energy. We like similar things. We like music. We like adventure. We like dancing. We like a lot of things that we like. And I'm like, Hmm, you know what? I'm going to become the most attractive version of me. And I told her this and, and, and I said, you know, it's so unfortunate and by the way, I tried all the wrong things at first. I wrote her a song. I did a PowerPoint presentation. I did all the things that were just too late. And that started making me look really, really desperate. And I said, you know what? That's not going to work. I learned from these three coaches that gave me sound advice, but I didn't personally believe that any of them actually had been through what I had been through to the degree uh, that I had been through what I've been through. And so therefore I thought, hmm, all right, I need to become the best version of me for me, no matter what. If I get her back, or I don't get her back. And I actually told her one day, once I had come to the point where I was like, hey, if I want to get her back, I got to move on. And if I want to move on, I got to move on. So an old former football player, I was like, that's a one-page playbook, dude. Like, I, I can run that play. And so I even called her and told her, I said, hey, you know, it's unfortunate that someone else, some other lucky lady is going to cash in on all your hard work. And, and, it, and I didn't know I was setting a seed for her to be like, fuck, that's true. I was being honest with her. I was like, wow, I realized I pushed you away. I was the shit bag in this relationship and I didn't cheat on her. I didn't beat on her. I just wasn't showing up, man. 
And so, uh, dude, that was the big realization. And when, in fact, when she came to her, you know, realization, like, wow, I actually want Keith back because I've risen back to the level of attraction that she used to see me in. She wasn't sure she was actually going to get me back. And I wasn't sure I was going to take her back because I had to do so much work on me to become the, the guy I wanted to be for me and live by a standard that I set for myself and nobody else. And so that created that dynamic again in the whole psychology. Everybody wants what they can't have. That's where it started to get really interesting. And uh, I started to really un uncover and discover some things about me and about relationships that now are some of the bedrock principles of what I share and preach all the time. Yeah. What are some of those standards that you, you had set for yourself that you, you felt like you hadn't been living up to that you started to work on? Well, I, it, it, they kind of correlate with the five dials that I teach about, you know, the way of the provocateur. And, you know, one of those dials is being a great parent, which I was horrible parent before. And so um, Jesse actually said, I don't even want to have a second kid with you because you were such a horrible dad with the first one. Like Jeez. I'm on the dad fucking show right now. And my wife at one time said I was the worst dad on planet earth. If you were <laughs> to ask her right now, she'd be like, no, no, no. Keith is such an A plus dad. It's ridiculous. And one of those standards I set for myself was I'm going to spend 30 minutes a day with my daughter every single day, no matter what, because that's what I want to be able to look myself in the mirror and go, well done, dad. Well, fucking then 30 minutes of like, tell me about you play with her on and, and come one of my best dad tips ever. And, and, and this is a fitting podcast for this. Um, this will, this will be a supplement they'll be able to put in their crack pipe and smoke and, and, and feel really good about you ready. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe not crack pipe, but how about <laughs> um, dude, when I started getting down, my daughter's eight, eight now. And when I started getting down and saying, what do you want to do? And then fully playing all out at her level on an activity that she's interested in. We started becoming really, really bonded, but 30 minutes a day I spend with her one-on-one. -on -one, or else I don't get my part or my parenting point for the day. And I've let my word down and I won't break my word to myself anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, so much on, on, on kids and parenting, right. Is being present in the moment with, with your children. Right. And one of the things that a lot of our dads struggle with is, is that, right. Is being present. And they're like, ah, oh, just be like, I'm stressed at work all the time. I'm like, your kids don't need much from you. They really don't. Yeah. Like what, what they need is a few minutes of your undivided attention to where you're fully present in the moment with them and connecting with them emotionally. And then they're good, right? Like, like sometimes it's five minutes. It's just like, they just want to have a quick conversation with you and, and you're present with them. They tell you about how their day was at school and you know, you ask engaging questions and, and really care. And then you fill their bucket and they're off to the next thing, right? It's not like I'm going to be hanging out with my kids 12 hours a day. It's like, no, just, just like you said, get on their level, be present with them, be emotionally engaged. And it's going to, it's going to be a huge needle mover for them. It's dude. It's, it's, it's what breeds confidence and things like you know, I'm, I'm the most important male figure in this little girl's life. And even though she sometimes says my best friend's a better dad and a better uncle than, than I am, because she, she's, she's into shit talking now, which I love. <laughs> and uh, my best friend, Garrett, who's just an amazing human being, uh, his daughter and my daughter play together, or whatever. So we see each other a lot. And so she, she loves to, to banter back and forth with that. But Truth is like, like yeah, man, when I, I'm giving her my attention and I'm always telling her, man, you, you, you're special and I believe in you and we live an abundant life. So she sees that things are a little different around our house than other houses. And it's really special, man. Yeah. So that, that's the first P is around parenting. What, what are the other P's? 
Uh, the second P or the second dial is partnering and just being a good, like my wife's best friend. Like if she has great news, who's she going to call first? Me. If she, you know, she'll probably call her mom because most, most, most ladies will call their mom first. But if she wants to talk about something, get something off her chest, have a real meaningful dialogue. Well, I would want her to know she could come to me because the connection outside the bedroom is what really leads to connection inside the bedroom. When she feels safe and heard and seen and understood by me, not me trying to solve her problems, but me just being there as a strong masculine presence that she can share whatever her concern on. And I'm not just like, oh man, you know, how, how long is this? How long is this dummy going to talk? I want to go get laid. It, I'm not putting in time to get laid. I'm truly connecting with this human being. And, and my wife used to say, man, Keith, I feel like a walking vagina. You know what I mean? Like you just love the whole in me, but you don't love the whole of me. Like all you care about is just sex. And she wasn't wrong. And that's where I had to grow up and be like, no, this is, this is ridiculous. So now where the point is like, yes, men, we want sex, but I think more than anything, we want to be wanted. Mm. And it's hard for a woman to want a man if she doesn't think like she can actually truly connect with him on an emotional level. And we have a full framework on how to actually connect outside the bedroom and, um, and so these are the types of things that I had to learn. It's like, wait a second, man, if, if my wife doesn't feel like she can connect with me, what's going to make her be like, because early in the beginning, when you guys first started dating, it was the connection. It was the inside jokes. It was the flirting. It was the, mm. you know, the double entendre, uh, double entendres. It was like, there was just such this cool, magnetic, attractive energy in there. And a lot of guys have missed that because they're not actually trying to connect with their lady. I was horrible at this, by the way. She also said I was so lonely in our marriage. I could have been, I was more lonely than if I would have been single. Yeah. Well, I mean, that it, it's tough, right? And, and I'm going to say it's not tough, right? Because uh, like I said, this is the, the Epic Dad Legacy Podcast, right? And and we're under a lot of stress, a lot of time constraints, right? And and I think to that point, you know, of raising your standards like you were talking about before is you know, how can you ensure that, that this is part of your daily schedule, right. Of like actually penciling in time and making it important and a priority, right. Of, of having that emotional connection. So like, Hey, is it, you know, 20 minutes before bedtime, right. We put the phones down, like that's the rule and, and we talk or something like that. Or, or, you know, do you, do you have some type of cadence or, you know, something you do daily to make sure you're getting that connection? Yeah, for me, I make my wife's green drink every morning and I get my partner in point that way probably 350 days out of the year unless I'm out of town or whatever. And yeah. for us, it's I make her, it's dude, it takes me a minute if that water yeah. in, you know, pre-workout, greens, some collagen, shake that shit up. Sometimes I'll deliver it to her bedroom and just be like, you you know, uh, just joking around like you green drink, miss, you know what I mean? <laughs> or I'll just leave it downstairs and I'll go out surfing or whatever. And she comes down and I asked her um, maybe about, a month ago, I said, Hey, did, 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 does this still like mean anything to you? And yeah. She, was, she goes, yeah. 80% of the time when I come down, I go, Oh, he made it for me. Like, like she can trust that that's going to be there. Cause that, so that's been kind of one of our things, but it's, it's other stuff too. Like, you know, if she needs help day to day, like uh, she needs help picking up the girls from gymnastics on Thursday. I'm, 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 I, yeah, no problem. I'll go by, I'll grab them. You know, that way you can drop them off and go do your thing. And, and so like little things where Ultimately, in the partnering dial, uh, a woman wants to feel like, hey, are we are we in this together? A lot of women feel like they're parenting, they're like single parents or they're they can't connect. And um, I was the, the two first dials I was absolute horseshit on. 
I speak as the leader of the 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 dodo birds on those two dials. Now my wife would say, "Man, he's he's such an excellent partner. He's such an excellent parent." So um, I had a lot to grow on there. But for something about me that I've always done, whether it was trying to get in shape or trying to get rich or whatever these things, in the process of doing those things, I created a. Uh, in the process of becoming those things, I was able to notice a pattern and a process to getting those things. And I've created like frameworks around them. So it's just one of those things, man. I just stepping into this thing that I go, it seems like it makes a lot of sense now. But I, man, I, I was so asleep before, Drew. Yeah. I mean, it, like I said, it's, it's, we're, we're busy, right? As, as dads, especially. And, and you know, I have young, young kids. And um, so that's probably different than guys that have older kids. But still, it, it's, it's a different balance, but it's still that same stressors on your time, right? And so you know, you have those, but I think it's just so important to, to be intentional about it, right? Of, of like you said, you go down and mix the drink. Like, how hard is that? It takes one minute, right? But yeah. it's going to let your wife know that, hey, I was thinking about her before she was awake, right? And that I, I'm, I'm putting that effort in to make sure that I'm giving her something that she wants and needs, you know? Um, so just like little things like that, right? Like I've started to write um, little sticky notes um, and, and I do that every morning for my kids and I'll do it for my wife as well. Um, and that same thing, right? It takes me, I don't know, probably 30 seconds before I go to bed, right? I'll just put a little sticky note. I'll put it down on the counter. I'll put it by the kids' lunches, you know, just so they, same thing. Like it, it, it's something that doesn't take a lot of time at all. But when they, when my kids, especially they get that in their lunchbox at school, they open that up and they're like, all right, dad was thinking about me, you know, he was being yeah. intentional. He was being present, even though he's not here. And if they don't say it, they, they notice it when it's not there and so it's uh yeah yeah and i've had that too i've had him come back like dad where's my note today yeah. you know? like oh crap i forgot one you know <laughs> yeah, i'd say probably maybe once a month i'll sleep in past like five which is really rare and uh i'll sleep into like seven and my my wife will come downstairs and she'll be like where's my green drink bro and i'm like I slept in, dude. You want to make one for both of us? Or if you're you're cool, I'll come make it. But you know, so we kind of have fun with that. So they do notice if we don't do it. Yeah. What's uh so what's what's the the next beat? You got five of them, right? So yeah. the first two. Yeah, the, the third one is the producer dial, really producing as a man, like truly, like genuinely being a man of resources. There's something wired within women that say, hey, listen, you know, I I, I'm looking to you for protection and for security and for, for these types of things. And so when no, no woman wants to be with a broke, broke dude, uh, we've all, I've been broke plenty of times. I've been up, I've been down, I've been all around. And, um, I, you know, the bottom line is, is it wasn't so much about the money in my account or how much money I was making or how the, well the business was doing. It was more of this energy of ambition. Like I'm striving for more. I want more and I'm willing to work for more, do more, create more. Because I always say tongue in cheek wise, you know, women don't want to be in cloth seats and one bedroom apartments forever. <laughs> yeah. And that's that. But most guys become workaholics mm. and they go, I'm doing this for you. And then she's like, yeah, but except you're not around, which is we are always moving into our dream house. We had the dream cars. You know what I mean? And uh, she goes, I'll help you move in, but I'm not staying. And so I helped her pack up the U-Haul, her and my two-year-old daughter. And I watched them go down the driveway. I watched them go down the street and they moved to a different state, dude. And I thought it was over, over, not kind of like, hey, we're not separating. It's done. Yeah. That, so, I mean, I can't imagine how difficult that was. And, and 
it just goes back to that point we had earlier in the conversation of like we feel I think a lot of guys out of the three P's, right? Is that their focus is I, I want to be the producer, right? That's my job to, yeah. to put food on the table, to, to get the house, you know, to get the hot tub, whatever it is, right? And and they feel like they're they're ticking that 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 box off and they're doing their job, right? But mm-hmm. but you know, being a husband, being a father is so much more than that. That's like to me, that's like baseline, right? Like that's like, yes, of course you have to check that box, right? Yeah. But that's like that that is the minimum. There's so much more above that. Bro, and I was great. I was a 10 out of 10. I've, 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 you know, built businesses, created businesses. I created abundance in my life, whether Jesse, before Jesse was in it. And you know what I mean? And if Jesse, when Jesse left, I was still creating abundance. That one, I I think me and a lot of guys have down. Uh, That one is most guys are like, yeah, we get that part of it. So most guys on, you know, one, two, and three, if they rate themselves on a scale of one to 10 on each of these dials, we'll be able to kind of, at the end, if we rate ourselves on all five of these dials, you can kind of determine where, where are you really at? So on a parenting dial, scale of one to 10, where are you at? Partnering dial, scale of one to 10, where are you really, I mean, be realist. And that's, that's not the fantasy guys, you know what I mean? But real. And then a scale of one to three, how you, how are you as a producer? Are you the guy that says, Hey, our ship's coming in, our ship's coming in, our ship's coming in, our ship's coming in and never comes in. Hey, I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And you never do. Well, she's watching and, um, and, you know, she's, she's seen, but just for your own confidence, you know, uh, the reason why making a bunch of money, first of all, it creates status within our, within our culture, because making money is a status thing, but ultimately more than that, it's guys who make a lot of money tend to be leaders of men. Mm-hmm. They tend to be the leaders and, and women like being with the leaders and they like being like, they like, they're like, Oh man, that's my, that's my man. And most women don't think that's my man. They go, Oh, that's my man. And they look yeah. away. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, the, the money thing too, right. <clears throat> I mean, it kind of goes back to, to like just biology, right. It's like, you know, a, a woman is looking for a, a provider and a sense of security. Right. And that comes with that as financial security too. Right. So, Hey, yeah. if there's a downturn, are we going to be okay? Right. Can I rely on this person, you know, to, to take care of us and kind of get us through the rough times. And I think honestly, that's probably why um, a lot of women um, fall into the trap of, of marrying for money. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden, all right, now I'm not fulfilled. Right. Cause I'm not getting those other P's. Right. I, I, I went yeah. for that status and, and security, but there's a lot of other aspects to that too. Dude. All right. So I, I, I hit one out of the three dials on that one. So I'm a, I was a 10 out of 30. That's a 33%. I was getting a very solid F minus, minus, minus based on these first two dials. Now, the next two dials, the next two Ps in this little, this little uh, dial of goodness, these are the ones that most guys really mess up. I messed up dial one and two. Most guys don't mess those up. But, and, and this is why it's so frustrating for most guys. Like, dude, I'm a good parent. I'm a good provider. I, I, I'm a good partner. Like I'm, I'm doing shit. Like I'm, I'm showing up. Like what, what mm-hmm. more do you want? And it's these next two that usually create a real awareness for guys that they're like, ah, shit, I have forgot that. Okay. So, lay it so on me. Yeah, so lay it on me. Which, yeah. Dial number four is the player dial. Okay. Player I'm, dial. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. The, yeah, the player dial is as the word suggests: play, have fun. I always like. I always say, you know, I, I like to quote the great American poet Cindy Lauper, where she said, "Girls just want to have fun," and it's really true, man. Like, 
when she first was attracted to you. And again, that's my punchline is attraction is everything. If she's attracted, she's leaning in. If she's not, she's pulling away. Well, I've laughed more women into being naked than I've ever, uh, you know, logically told them they should be. And that's what made my wife really attractive to me. She goes, man, you're super smart and you're really funny. And that stimulates my brain. The brain is the largest sexual organ within a woman. It's the most powerful sexual organ for a woman. And so when we're no longer having fun and letting her loose and taking her out of mom mode and putting her back in that, you know, wild Philly where we, you know, when we met her out in the wild, dude, when she was dancing and, and maybe doing body shots or, or teasing us or banter, the flirting, the most guys are so defensive. They don't even know how to take a joke anymore or can't give a joke. And so flirting is a really big thing and understanding that back and forth date nights. Most guys are, are, are like, I ask them, I go, Hey, when's the last time you went on a date night with your wife? And like, Oh, I went like six weeks ago. I'm like, okay, cool. What'd you do? And they're like, oh, dude. Yeah, or they go, like, we went to Home Depot to pick up some parts for the remodel. <laughs> and we swang by Chick-fil-A and got something to kind of head home. And I'm like, well, no shit, Casanova. No wonder you're not getting more ass in a toilet seat. Like, you're boring. You're boring <laughs> your woman to sleep. And so, therefore, just this, this idea of going on dates, making it fun, making life fun, making the banter fun. I always say, because I'm talking about, hey, these have got to be standards. If a guy was instantly single right now and the hot chick from high school slid into his DMs like, wow, life looks amazing. We should connect. We should catch up. Like, cool, it's a date. I'll pick you up at so-and-so time. Dude, those guys are going to plan that date, prepare for that date, and actually show up with the energy for that date very differently than they're showing up for their wife right now. And it's based on effort and energy. And most guys have not put any effort into shit anymore. They have no good energy. And it's just like, hey, where are we going, baby? Did you get a babysitter? All right, we're going, okay, cool. And then they go to like a movie, they go to a dinner or whatever. Most guys are absolute shit conversationalists. They're boring as fuck. And so there's just this no stimulation for this woman. And if you've married a beautiful woman, that's that she's high value in our society. And she has known because she's a beautiful woman from day one, basically, that she has a lot of fucking options. And that if she's settling for this boring ass dude that doesn't care to take her, she just doesn't feel like a priority anymore. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, all of that just, it starts to create this, um, it's just not fun. And a woman's like, I'm just not, this isn't even fun anymore. And then they 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 don't know what's going on, but they're just like, I, 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 I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Mm-hmm. And guys have felt this, pull away and it's and it's becoming fun again or creating a container for fun it doesn't you don't got to be a stand-up comedian you don't got to you know act like you're at the chuckle hut all the time no but you're just you're creating an opportunity like hey let's go do these things like when we were dating literally don't ever stop dating i know what i know kids run around we call them little cock blocks i get all that you find (laughs) you find a babysitter you find a nanny it, and I always tell guys like, oh, it's not this. It's not that. I said, listen, motherfucker, if you had this problem in your business, you'd have it fixed within a week. Quit acting like a dodo bird and let's get this. Let's get on this. Yeah. No, I, I love that on, on dating. And it's something I'm guilty of, too. Right. I mean, and, and there's all the excuses in the world. Right. Of, oh, man, I've got young kids. I'm, I'm too busy. Blah, blah, blah. You know, oh, we, we have dinner every night and all this stuff. Right. Like, but, but to your point, I mean, you've got to get out of that 
that mom zone, right? And, and get, get back to kind of the roots of where you had an emotional connection on how you guys were before you had kids, you know, yeah. because, and that's something like I, I tell to, to my children um, is, you know, obviously like I love them very much and, and all stuff. Right. But, you know, I'll, I'll say, Hey, mom is number one, right? Like, like she's number one, you guys are here, right? Like I, I was in love with your mom before you were ever around. Right. And so yeah. like, like she is the priority and you guys are a close second, a very close second, you know, but, but like she has to be the priority because we, we had that connection first and we've like built this life together. And, and like I said, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit I'm, I'm guilty of, of the date night trap and, you know, being like n- not scheduling it out and then just be like, holy shit, like we haven't been on a date in two months. Right. Like, and then, and then we wonder why you're not having an emotional connection, you know? So yeah, there's no investment there. I always say that the greatest ROI that every guy really wants is the return of intimacy within his marriage. Well, you've got to invest time and energy and thought mm-hmm. and, and attention and care into this. And yeah, you're right, man. You got to get her out of the mom mode and out having a good ass time. And you know what's true? The opposite isn't true. Your wife does not look at you as more important than her kids. Mm-hmm. And she never will. She never, she, it's never going to happen. And here's how I know. Moms don't divorce their kids, but they divorce dads all the time. Mm-hmm. So you can't, I mean, good luck arguing against that. So it's just like, Hey, well, here's the reality. Moms take their kids away from dads all the time because dad's a fucking dota bird and she wants to go find. There's a lot of, there's, there's, there's bad women too that do things for no reason. But I'm just saying like under normal circumstances, what we're dealing with guys, you tend to resonate with this and they're like, man, you know, shit, I I have really dropped the ball on this thing. No wonder it's not hot and spicy inside the bedroom. They're like, there's no, it's like, now you get it. Okay, good. You ready to fix it? Okay. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. All right. So drop, drop the, uh, the last B on me. We, we covered four of them. What's the last one? This last one is really, um, I think, the most important, but without the other ones in play, you, you won't feel this one. And it's the power dial. And the power dial is where you are extremely comfortable in becoming the best version of you for you for no other reason than that's your standard. Meaning you're not looking for her validation. You're not looking for her to be like, oh, you're such a good little boy. Oh, you did you did you do your chores? Yay. You know, we we we're not in the mom matrix. The mom matrix is where we're looking for her validation, hoping for a pat on the head, or we think that she's just our, you know, cleaning fairy that follows us up and picks up shit after us. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. Bro, you don't have to become clean. You don't have to become well-groomed. You don't have to get in great shape. You don't have to smell good. You don't have to do any of that. But if you're not going to be those things, then you don't get to expect a, a, a the, the, the life and the reciprocation of a man who actually does do that from their woman, you know, to their woman. So the power dial, the over umbrella arching principle for it is this. And and it's going to, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be simple to overlook this because it's, it, it seems overly simplistic, but it's not. And it's simply this, do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it without fault. Yeah. Trust me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's well, because that's what happens when so she starts to trust you, 
that's where I came up with the, the, the beloved statement of when the trust goes up, the lust goes up. <laughs> and the formula is a woman will test you to see if you believe what you believe or you're just doing this to try and get something from her. And when she tests you and you pass that test, that's when her trust goes up for you. And when the trust goes up, that's when the lust goes up. So women don't want to be with a weak uh, simp of a man who is just going to do anything just to make her happy or to shut her up. She wants to be with a man that's like, no, these are my opinions. This is what I believe. This is who I am. And you get to take me or leave me, not in a dickhead fashion, but in a like, hey, you know what I mean? I'm not going to edit what I believe because you don't believe it. Like, I believe in a creator. I, do I have evidence of that? I don't fucking know, man. I believe I do. But my wife's like, eh, that kind of sounds weird. But she says, hey, you're a better man because of what you believe. And so therefore, whether I believe what you believe specifically or not, you clearly believe it. And dude, you're an amazing dude. So I don't edit. I don't edit or audit who I am just to, so my wife will like me. No, she liked me for who she met me for this guy. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the guys in my, in married game, they call me Mufasa because I'm, I'm constantly like telling guys like, you know, remember who you are, man, <laughs> remember who you are. This, this lady liked you. She, you, you were her type. You still are her type. You've just fallen from, from the, the, the respectable mantle because you're no longer showing up as, as a man that stands in his power. A lot of guys, when they initiate sex and get rejected, they become pouty little bitches, right? And they become passive aggressive. Well, if I get laid around here more, maybe I'd hang that shelf. It's like, no, 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 bro. That is not a high value, man. That's not a supremely valuable man. And therefore, you're not going to be treated as if you were a supremely valuable man because you're acting like a little bitch. You're acting like a little pussy. And that's not going to attract her into you. So if it's all boiled down to attraction, which means for her to lean into us and not be repelled by us, this all 100% on us. Mm. Yeah. And I think a couple things on that. So I, I just recently had a son, um, Murphy, he'll be a year, uh, in, in a couple of weeks and I've got, I've got two girls and I never thought I'd have a son to be honest with you. I was just, you know, like, like I was going to have girls. Right. Um, but, but I've had a son. And so I've done some, um, you know, some, some research and reading a lot of reading just on like, okay, how do I raise a boy? Right. And, um, I read this book recently by Robert Lewis, uh, it's called raising a modern day knight. Um, and just an incredible book. Um, and just a, you know, total, like opened my mind around like how to raise a son. And I think one of the most important things in that book is really defining like, what is a man, right? Because I think we are in the same culture right now and, and we can go down to politics. We can probably go down a, a huge rabbit hole here if we want to, I'm like, why this is happening, but there's been an emas you know, emasculation of, of men, right. And, and, and trying to create these, these weak individuals for whatever reason. Um, and, and a lot of the results of that is, is guys grow up they don't really know what a man is. And then all of a sudden they're in their thirties and, and they're just like, I, I don't even know like what I'm supposed to do. Right. Like to be a man, you know? And so I think having that value set early on, and that's what I'm trying to do with my son is, is, is not only teach him that, but to, to live by those values and, and lead by example, there is going to be huge. And, and they break uh, masculinity and manhood down to the four things. Um, and, and I've got these written on my mirror now at this book. I'm just like, as a constant reminder, right. Of like, am I living these values? Um, and, and one is to, uh, to reject passivity. So kind of like what you're just talking about, right? Like, Hey, you know, don't be passive speaking what's on your mind. Like, like you said, your, your wife married you for a reason. Right. And so, um, you know, not being passive, um, two is accepting responsibility. Um, and just like you said, you know, when, when you had the wife and kid that you all drive away, right. Right. You could have 
probably like been a victim, right? It's like, oh, woe is me. But you, you looked inward and said, all right, I'm going to take that responsibility, right? Like I am responsible for this. But that also means that I'm responsible for the outcome that that's to come, right? I'm responsible for that change. Um, and then three is to lead, uh, to lead courageously. Um, so, you know, really being a leader, right, in the home, um, you know, not only for yourself, but also how you lead in your family. Um, and then four is expect the higher reward, which is really just, you know, our, our time on this earth is limited, right? Like we're, we're all going to die. Um, and our expectation is we're living in the value set that's going to uh, allow us to have a better reward once we get to, to heaven, right, to with our eternal father. Um, and so like those, those four principles are written on my, on my mirror every morning. Um, and it, it's just so, so huge. And I think that, that that's part of the problem, right? Is there's just, we, we haven't had that example, you know, of like, what is a man, you know, like, what is manhood? What am I supposed to do? Um, and that just really, you know, hones in on your, your last dial there around power. It's like, if you, if you have a value set on that, um, you know, that, that dial is going to turn way up for you, you know, but oh, you yeah. have to find what, what that is. Yeah. And it, and also, it also, leads to a point where you feel empowered to say hey listen i've worked on me i can look at myself in the mirror eyeball to eyeball and say i'm the most attractive version of me right now that i've ever been and if she doesn't want to be with me and doesn't like this version of me of who i'm being and, I'm, and i can look and go no i'm a great parent i'm a great partner i'm a great producer i'm a great player within our marriage and i'm i'm standing in my power then you can make decisions from being empowered and go, you know what, then maybe I shouldn't let this person ride shotgun with me through life anymore. If, if they're just going to pull away and pull down at everything and do it. Most men get to that point of I'm out of here, I'm going to leave, but they leave totally desperate and totally disempowered. They haven't done the work. And that's why the statement, wherever you go, there you are. That's why that's yes. such a cliche is because a guy doesn't actually fix. So when I get really mad at Jesse and I'm working through issues with her, I'm always going, okay, where, where, why, A, why am I triggered? B, why am I acting like this? I get super curious about what's happening. I don't judge myself anymore about doing it. I just go, let's get curious. Why am I acting like such an asshole here? Like this doesn't make any sense. It's con so you start to really work on yourself and then you become empowered to go, hey, man. I live by a certain standard. And we have a statement within married game that says, you know, her response does not dictate my standard. My standard is my standard. If she doesn't like it or like doesn't reciprocate or doesn't look and, and say, hey, that wow, you're so amazing because you're a provocateur. Well, then then I can make an empowered decision and go, wait, if I stay with her, am I settling below my standard of who I am and where I want to go? 95% of the time, the wives are rooting for the guy. The wives rise up with the guy and the wives are cheering the guy on. 5% of the time, the guys who come through our program, the wife, they find out, man, their wives have been cheating. Their wives don't give a shit. Their wives, you know, and then I, and they have the power to go, I'm not settling or accepting that anymore. I've stopped accepting as a less version of me and I won't accept a, le a less version of this life. So it, it's extremely empowering when you can dial these five dials up. We call it the provocateur, a man who provokes his woman to want him, to lust after him, to want to be around him, to be honored and stoked, to be like looking across the room like that's my guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, dude, I, I love it. And the, the way you've kind of simplified it in a framework like that, right, is, is awesome. I think there's, you know, you can look at yourself in the mirror and be like, oh, no, like I, I want to get better, right? But like, what does that mean? You know, so I think a lot of guys need, need that. And, and me, especially, you know, like I, like I said, there's four pillars, right? It's like, I, I go to those four pillars. It's the same thing with, 
you know, being, being a good husband um, is it, really having that, that framework out for you and just simplifying it. So you can say, okay, how, let me grade myself, right? How am I doing on this? How am I doing on this? So just the, the way you've laid it out is, is it's just an awesome approach. I love it, man. <laughs> it's what's been working. And I always make a promise to every guy that comes in my group. I just say, listen, dude, if you do the work and this doesn't work, I don't want your money. Mm -hmm. And 250 dudes have come through the entire program and I've got zero refund requests. So it's like, yeah, you must be doing awesome. something right. It works. I know it works. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it, and it's when people hear me talk about it, they go, well, yeah, if I was that guy, I'd probably get laid. Okay, well, let's become that fucking guy. <laughs> like, that's it. If you want to be wanted, you got to be wantable. If you want her to be, get so excited to fuck you, you got to be fuckable. Like, there's, there's, there's just no more fantasy land about it. It's just reality. Yeah. Well, um, he, where, where can you guys go to, to learn more about your program? Uh, they can go to marygame.com. Okay marriedgame.com is a great place to go and if they want to just kind of see like we have a podcast as well it's got hundreds of episodes with me my wife my best friend garrett uh some guests we have some really cool guests that pop in that are like that i know that are vetted that are really truly living the life and uh they can go to just keithyaki.com and they can find all of that stuff there man okay no and, and i want to touch on one one last thing too because this is actually how, how i found out about you um was uh was was the Trevor test? Um, so to define who is Trevor, uh, what what are the attributes that make up a Trevor, um, and where can guys guys go to find out if they're they're being too Trevorish? Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I love this. I love it. Okay, so I would say um, when Jesse came back about five and a half years ago, she's like, I, I about a year in, she's like, man, I can't, I, you're such a different guy than the old guy that when we talk about him, it doesn't even feel like it's you anymore. So I got to give him a name so we can kind of compartmentalize that. So she would, she said, I'm going to come up with what she believes was the douchiest name ever. And she goes, I'm going to call you Trevor. I'm like, all right, that makes sense. Well, about a year and a half ago, I don't exactly know the time. It could have been two years ago. And she goes, hey, you know, how I used to call you Trevor. I'm like, yeah. And she goes, um, and you know, you were Keith. I go, yeah. She goes, I got a new name for you. I'm like, oh, okay. What's this? And uh, tell me what it is. And she said, your new name is Sancho. <laughs> Sancho. Like, okay. She goes, yeah. You know, my, like my Latin, my Latin lover side piece. I'm like, okay, I like it. This, that's the energy that that's showing up now. And uh, so I tell guys, if you want to figure out if you're a Trevor or not, we literally have a test. It's called the Trevor test, T-R-E-V-O-R, the Trevor test.com. And if they go to Trevor test.com, it's 10 or 12 quick questions to determine whether you're a Trevor or not. And then it'll tell you what to do based on the video uh, right there. So it's, it's a, it's kind of a little clever thing that we've used to help guys self-identify very quickly, not having to listen to an hour long podcast, but just literally within two minutes go, shit, I'm, I'm showing up as a C player right now. And I don't like how my wife's responding to me, but I don't know how she would respond if I was an A player. So mm -hmm. you have to become the A player to find out where is she really at. And until you become an A player, you don't really know. It's like until you get abs, you don't really know what your true gene science is. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that giving it an identity is super important, right? Like I, I, I'm just going through this book right now. Um, you may have read it. Um, God bless if I can remember the flipping name of it. Um, the alter ego effect. Oh uh, yeah, Todd Herman, my buddy wrote yeah, that. Yeah, I, I that um, yeah, so great, great book, right? I'm, I'm just about to wrap it up, and and you know he talks about 
um, you know, your, your alter ego, right. And, and how you can set up that identity of, of like, you know, who is it I want to be? What are the attributes I like? Right. And how can I identify with that and create that alter ego for myself in different, you know, areas of life. Um, and then ultimately that that's still like within you, right. Like just be like, and he gives the example of like going and talking on stage, right. Of like, I might be super nervous or whatever, but then I identify as, as, you know, my superhero, I go out there and I, I accomplish that. Was that my superhero accomplishing that? Or was that actually me taking the action and doing that? Like that was actually me. Right. So like, I have those values in, in me. It's just, I got to identify that, but it's, it's important the other way too. Right. Of who do I not want to be? And what are the attributes there? And how can I identify that? And so, um, you know, it, a lot of guys, you know, like, like the, let's just take the example of the alarm clock going off in the morning. Right. Uh, you know, you have those two voices going off, right. And, and you've got the little bitch voice or you got the motivated intentional voice of like, let's get out of bed and make it happen. And every guy's going to have those two voices. But if you can give those identities, I think it's going to be hugely valuable, right? If like, Hey, I've got, you know, this, this devil much older barking at me. That's the bitch voice that, Hey, maybe, maybe his name is Trevor. Right. And, and that would be what Trevor would do. Like, I'm not going to be Trevor. Like, no, I'm going to go be this guy because that's who I am. You know? So I think giving that identity is super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, we should make a little logo that has Trevor on one corner, on one shoulder, and Sancho on the other. <laughs> yeah, Trevor and Sancho. Be be Sancho. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll keep don't it. be a Trevor. I, I gotta be a. I gotta get a. Don't be a Trevor. The sticker or a T-shirt for my. my yeah, my a T-shirt. A T-shirt would draw a lot of attention. Yes. Don't be like Trevor. <laughs> Definitely, like you'd get a lot of questions on that one. But um, we'll keep it. Um, so I, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm, I'm super glad we got to connect. Love the work you're doing. I think it's super important in the conversation you're having. Like I said, it's, it's one that guys aren't having often enough, but uh, a lot of guys, if not all guys are, are challenged with this and it needs to be yeah. more open conversation. So I really appreciate the work you're doing. Hey, I appreciate you putting me on your platform and letting me, I call it the gospel of married game. I feel like I'm an evangelist sharing the good news of how guys can go from relational hell to relational heaven, man. And this is, it feels good. And so I thank you. And I, I honor you for that. Absolutely appreciate it, man. Well, guys, uh, that's going to wrap, and we will see you on the next episode.